Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What's going on? We hope you're having a great day today. 
As we head into summer, things loosen up a little bit. Hopefully, wherever you're at, (laughs) depending as we record this, that's what seems to be happening. But uh, we hope you guys are hanging in there and we have a great show for you today. We welcome back Figs O'Sullivan and we really enjoy Figs' sense of humor and his knowledge. And today we talk about couples therapy and what it's like going into couples therapy if you yourself want it and your partner doesn't. Or maybe you both do and and you're trying to decide if it's the right thing for you. And then we talk about the benefits of going and and really not it's not like a sales pitch for a couples therapy, but really just listening to today's show will give you an idea of what goes on and just some tools that you can apply to your relationship right now. And Figs is also featured in our podcast series, Love Under Quarantine. And even if you're not under quarantine any longer, there's a lot of value in those episodes, especially Figs, but all of them in working from home and just maintaining a healthy relationship. Because I think even if where you live is is coming out of lockdown, so to say, you probably might be working from home still and maybe for the foreseeable future. And so there's a lot of value. Maybe we could call it like love at home (laughs) under lockdown. I don't know. Love under stress. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's just a lot of value uh, for these uncertain times. I know it helps Sarah and I a lot. So check that out. The links to love under quarantine, as well as the the links mentioned in today's show and our course, Spark My Relationship. We've been getting a lot of great feedback. I think a lot of people are at home these days with a little bit more free time and they're like, all right, we're going to check this out. It's time to work on the relationship. Yeah. So yeah. check out those resources, uh, links in the show notes and in, on our website. And you can get a $100 off if you're a listener, if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you get a hundred bucks off. So take advantage of that. Yeah. And we, uh, if you haven't listened to an episode with figs in the past, or maybe you have, but just a reminder... Figs is the chief empathy officer over at empathy.com, his website in practice. He's a husband, a father, and uh, also a licensed marriage and family therapist certified in EFT. And he is also the creator of the empathy method and the certification process for empathy coaches. And I believe he is based in San Francisco. So if you are in the city, check him out. Um, I wish I was in the city to, to get therapy with him, even though I guess we could do it through Zoom now. So yep. yeah, so check out his episodes in the past, as well as his uh, session under the Love Under Quarantine podcast we did. And we hope you enjoy today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Figs. Thanks so much for joining us back on the show. 
Thank you so much, Sarah and Chase. It's lovely to be here again with you. Today, we're going to talk about couples counseling. And one thing you mentioned to Sarah and I in the pre-show is that oftentimes you find that a seemingly withdrawn partner in the relationship may be the one quicker to seek counseling than a supposedly emotionally intelligent partner. So maybe we can talk about that and we're just going to dive in to counseling, how to talk to your partner about starting, who should seek it, and and really uh, help people through uh, what you do in day-to-day. Yeah, no, thank you. And and again, thank you so much for having me back on your show. I, I have to be honest, I, I was blown away by um, how many of your your listeners reached out to me. So oh, I have wonderful. to read my show to my show and I've been trying to get my wife to listen to it because clearly I actually said something useful for one <laughs> people. So but she's I still can't get her to listen to it. Like, you know, but I I keep trying. Like I put it on while she's sleeping. But maybe <laughs> subliminally. There's a exactly just something good about me. No, I, I'm kidding. So the thing about you know, most of the time the way the way the couples counseling works is, you know, usually people don't reach out until there's a terrible, like there's something bad happened, right? Like it would be great if more people reached out because, you know, I woke up this morning and I saw the sunrise and I felt really inspired to just improve me and our life um, out of pure inspiration, right? But usually that's not the way it works, right? The way it works usually is something there's been some, whether it's an injury or we just are so tired of having the same arguments over and over again, you know, that, that motivates people that look, this, this pain and suffering is too great. We, we, we clearly cannot work this out on our own. We've been trying. If, if what we do ourselves actually work, it would have worked by now. And, and so that's usually the place where people are motivated to actually reach out to, um, you know, to someone, someone like me. Right. So, you know, one of the things I often say is, look, if there's no suffering, I can't really help. So, and I often feel like I must be some horrible sadist, right? Because, you know, because I've been doing this long enough now that when people, when I'm first talking to people and they tell me about the way they're suffering, now, luckily it doesn't slip out, right? Uh, most of the time. But part of me is saying, yes, this is great. Right. You know, that, you know, because again, like I don't, I don't see people motivated, you know, in the ways they need to, the the kind of places we're going to have to go emotionally in order to actually truly have a, you know, a positive impact on their relationship. People aren't going to go there unless they're suffering. And it's a bit unrealistic, although maybe there's some cases out there, but to have no suffering in your life, that you just have this perfect, beautiful rainbows and butterflies every day, like we're humans. So probably a big percentage of people out there are going to have value from counseling. I mean, I would think so. I agree, right? <laughs> and, it's, you know, you we're fight. I mean, so and let's be clear. I, when I say counseling... Like just like what you guys do, I I, I, assume, I assume I don't know if you're licensed counselors, but but coaching, relationship coaching, relationship counseling, I put them in the same 
in the same bucket. And, I, and sometimes I use the two words interchangeably. Just so, you know, just in case it's confusing, whether it's relationship counseling, relationship coaching. Um, and yeah, look, like if you're a human being, I assume you've got some suffering in your life, right? Um, but, but a lot of people are pretty determined to whether it's because of stigma or, you know, that look, there must be something terribly wrong with us if we would need help from someone else. Um, that people are really determined not to reach out, you know? And so, so, so often that first barrier, I always say like, it takes so much like courage and they must've been having such a hard time just to even, you know, do a first phone call, just the initial free, like, look, let's talk about what's going on. And let me just see if I, if there's a way that I or someone on my team could help. Right. Like just that phone call, I always try and remember, like, this is a really, really big deal for the other person, you know, on the other end of the line. Now, I, I've done this call like thousands of times and probably literally thousands upon thousands of times. Um, whereas for that person, usually reaching out, like this is a really foreign land that they've just entered into calling some stranger up and talking to them about their relationship. So, so that just takes a lot of, lot of courage, I think, for, for, for many people to, to make the call. Can you talk a little bit more about that, about the person who is struggling to maybe open up and be vulnerable, like with a stranger, like you're saying, can you give them a little support on why it's okay to feel that way? And maybe, um, a way to jump over that, jump through those hoops to, to take that risk in speaking with you. Yeah. Well, well, so, so firstly, you know, Chase, kind of like what you're saying, look, you're a human being suffering is, is normal. What you're going through is probably, is probably much more like common, much more normal than you, than you think. Um, like I always tell my um, clients and often prospective clients when I'm first talking to them, uh, when I hear what's actually going on, I often tell them, look, I, I know you're very special, right? Um, but you're, you're, you're not unique, right? And I, I don't want this to come across as this terrible, awful, you know, insult you've just heard that you, what you're describing to me is, is, is just completely normal level of suffering that you're going through. The dynamic between you and your partner is normal. It actually is right down the middle of what we can help people with. So it's very, very rare someone says, look, I'll tell you what's going on. And I'm like, whoa, that's really outside the realm of what, you know, of what I can help with, right? Or what I've seen many, many, many times before. So the first thing is, you know, the first thing is, look, there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing wrong with you for needing help in your relationship. If anything, it's the opposite. It's insane. It's crazy to me that people are expected to be able to just make love work without any guidance. You know, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever that, and the other thing is like, you know, this is why I love the work that you guys do. Like, you know, I'm a licensed marriage and family, you know, therapist. Right. And so I'm kind of part of the, you know, the medical establishment in a way, right. Like by definition, by my license, but that's crazy. Like people aren't sick. You're not like a patient. 
I never ever think of my clients as patients. That doesn't. It just again, having having suffering in love does not make there is a sickness in your relationship, and you need to go and see a doctor to make you better. No, you're you're having regular normal human being, um, you know, suffering, and we just need a little bit of work to help harness that suffering and turn it into something beautiful. Uh, as in you guys could actually be, you know, the two of you could even be more connected to each other. So, so that's it. Like, yeah. So just to summarize that, the most important thing is there's no, nothing to be ashamed of. It's totally normal to suffer in love. And in fact, ultimately we suffer in love. Just go back to what I talked about the first time I was on your show. We suffer in love because it actually is so important. Being connected to our primary person means so much to us. That it, it's absolutely natural that you are both going to scare the living daylights out of each other. Because there'll always be moments where it looks like your partner is not there for you in some way that's particularly important to you. And that's going to hurt so deeply inside, even if you're not aware of that's what's happening, that you are going to react and protest. And then the way you react and protest is going to hurt your partner so deeply inside because now all of a sudden their primary person doesn't look like they're there for them and they're going to get hurt and now they're going to react and protest. And now you're going to be playing a game of hot potato, passing back and forth this reactivity and hurting each other and reaffirming your worst fears of each other. And that happens for all to oh, every, every time you have a couple of people that are really important to each other, they start passing back and forth these this reactivity where they keep hurting each other and reaffirming it looks even more like they're not there for me now that is the most normal thing in the world it happens with all couples there is nothing wrong with you and it only happens because you love each other and you're so important to each other we want to dive into what happens in couples counseling but first what would you say to the person who's worked up the courage they go for a consultation and then they're trying to get their partner to join them and their partner, maybe they're afraid to even have that conversation or they try to have it and their partner's very resistant. Right. That's a great question, right? And that, that is a really common setup, right? The initial, the initial call. So, so the first thing I always say to people is don't like ask for one session. Right. So this is what, you know, the way people often think of it in their mind, right, which totally makes sense. Like things are bad between us. We really need help. I think we're probably going to need a lot of help from someone. And then they end up talking to their partner about, like, I think we probably need to see a therapist for the rest of our lives. And, you know, they don't say for the rest of our lives, but the way they might position it is, right, typically is we need, and they're right, we probably need help and we're going to need to go see someone more than one time. And so they're asking for, will you actually go to see a counselor with me on an ongoing basis so we could work on our relationship? Now, that actually may be what's necessary, but I wouldn't ask for that right out of the bat. So this is just like, this is just some like, literally just tactical stuff right now, right? The first thing you should ask for is one session. Just one session, right? Will you go? Relu partner of mine that is much more reluctant to couples counseling for whatever reason. Will you go to one session? 
And if you don't like it, we'll never have to go again. If you don't think it's valuable, we'll never have to go again. Now, you have to remember what someone like me, what I do is I am used to, and this is the craft of my work. I'm sitting there, you know, now like in like Zoom, right? Like not doing that much. Well, not doing any in person at the moment, but, you know, because of uh, COVID-19 and uh, shelter in place. But, But I'm used to actually helping that more reluctant partner see and feel, you know, there's actually a lot of value here for me. I could see this being a place that could work. This could actually be really helpful for me. It's not as scary or even if I don't like talking about my feelings, this actually could work. So the key is the partner that's, you know, in a relationship that's more into trying counseling, don't you don't try and sell that that story of the value of counseling. You just need to get them into one session and then trust that me or someone like me actually knows how to, you know, provide so much value in that first session that your reluctant partner, reluctant to go to couples counseling, would actually go, you know what? I think I might do that again. Right. And then, of course, you know, of course, never do the I told you so. Right. There's <laughs> never in the history of mankind has a direct or indirect, um, explicit or implicit, I told you so helped the situation. No, <laughs> definitely not. But, we can vouch yeah. for that. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so so that's a, that's a big one. Right. And then one of the things I often tell people and by all means, you know, you can you can take this. It's not patented. I always tell people, I have a 100% record. No one has ever died in a session with me. <laughs> right? So look, even if it's the worst hour of your life, right, you will live. No one's going to die, right? So that's it. Like worst case scenario, you're out. You're out a bit of money and don't, don't want to minimize that, right? But you're, but it's only, you're only committing to one session, right? You're out of a bit of money and you just had a terribly uncomfortable time, but you will be released and you're going to look like a little spring lamb hopping that, you know, is, is free at last. Right. And you never have to come again. Right. Now that, that's an actual ass that is like, that is much more achievable. Right. Look, come one time. Right. Just don't make it that big of a deal out of it. Is the first that that's the first thing. If you go asking for, look, I really think we need like this is what I've read. We need at least a series of twelve sessions. We're going to be with this person for the next twelve weeks or more of our life. We have problems and we need to work on this. Like that's just like usually for a more uh, reluctant partner, that's too much. It's too overwhelming, you know, for them to consider such a big ask. Even if you're right that that's ultimately what would have to happen. Um, so, so that's, that's one of the, the, the first, the first things. Um, so, so, so the, the other part, you know, that I had mentioned, oh, sorry, did you have another question about that? No, no. I was going to say, you could also just blame Sarah, Chase and Figs and say, they said couples counseling <laughs> will really help. And even if we don't have problems and they, they recommended it. So we should give it a go. Uh, no, well, that's really good. <laughs> The other thing I think I'm glad you said that just because the other thing is there's a terrible misconception about what couples counseling or couples coaching really is. Right. 
like I just finished watching season three of the Ozarks, right? Like the couples therapist, I mean, I don't want to give anything away now, right? But I, like, I, I was about to like do a, we would have needed a spoiler, spoiler alert. Warning. No, but like, look, I mean, I, I don't know if there's ever been a good couples therapist in a movie or television show. And what, what you see a couples therapist do um, and by the way, there are still couples therapists that are actually doing this. Like they're, they're like assessing blame. They're telling people where they need to change their behavior. They're jumping in and giving their opinion on what their problem is and what you need to do to fix it. Like, look, it, if all we have of the image, the images of couples counseling, right? Or whatever terrifying stuff we could imagine in our mind and or what we actually have seen on television and movies, like I, I wouldn't go. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I'd be right there with you. I'm not going, right? This is crazy, right? It's like just horrible. It looks like I'd actually prefer to go to the dentist. And I'm one of those people that has a pain in my neck for a week after the dentist because I've contracted in <laughs> terror just getting my teeth. But by the way, just like it's a terror, like totally pointless aside, but I'm always asked by the dental hygienist, are, are you okay? Is everything <laughs> all right? Because I'm literally holding myself like I'm a little three-year-old, like just like, you know, you know, as as they're just trying to clean, I, yeah, trying to clean my teeth. I'm, I'm a terrible baby with the dentist. But anyway, so, so look, yeah, it, it's not, it's not what it appears to be. And, and here's what I mean by that. But the first thing I'm always trying to do is understand both people and have tremendous empathy for both people. And we have to get to a place first where we see the story of what is it that happens between both of you as a system where both of you make sense. You both get your feelings hurt, even if it's not the way you would describe it. And you both have ways of responding and reacting when your feelings are hurt that hurts the other person. This is not a me or a you problem. This is something we create and we only create it because we love each other so much. And I know I keep repeating that because that's the most important thing, right? All we're trying to do is get the two people inside one narrative and one way of understanding the problems where, ah, right? This is something that is our work together. Nobody's going to be shamed. No one's going to be outed. And like, this is what you do. You, how could you? And you need to change that behavior. Now, that's like, you know, ideally your couple's counselor knows what they're doing. And there's no shaming. There's no, let's focus on you this week and get you to change who you are as a person and how you act. Right. But that's what you see in movies and TV. Right. Couple, good couples counseling, we're literally not working on behavior change. And I know that is paradoxical. We're trying to re- have such tremendous empathy and compassion, help you have tremendous empathy and compassion for yourself and each other. And through those moments, those experiences of empathy and compassion, then behavior change actually happens. It, is, it's like, it sounds almost magical, which it, it can feel like that then people actually want to make those changes, right? But once once people start feeling shamed or they feel like they're being badgered or chased, they're like, you change. Um, and, and that's usually the way couples come into counseling, right? That they come in with two different notions about, well, we have a bad relationship. And, I, I, you know, at the moment, in some way, we're disconnected. And I'll tell you how we could get better if you get your act together and start changing 
And usually both people have a story like that on some level, right? And so my first, the first thing I do is not to actually back up one or either of those stories, but to try and provide this third way of looking at what's going on is that like, oh man, I see how hard this is for both of you. And you even like these ways, these notions you both have about changing Right. And the request you might have of your partner so that your needs will be met, they actually seem to be making things worse for both of you. This is really, really tough. Ouch. I wouldn't want to be in either of your shoes because you're both really, really hurting. Now, that's just a like just a, like a little snippet. That's a completely different experience than what people think is going to happen. Right. No shaming, no outing someone as the bad guy. Um, there's no, you know, interrogation. We're just trying to get to a place where we have this mutual empathy and compassion for ourselves and each other. Um, so, so look, that's why we want just one session, right? Because, you know, don't that because people getting to experience, oh my God, that's what we're going to do. That's, that's, it's actually lovely. You know, it's, it's actually a, a can be a, a more pleasant experience. Before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's always a good idea to talk to a therapist. And now with the state of the world, it's just a lot harder to be happy in our lives. There's a lot of stress, uncertainty, anxiety, and there's really no better time to talk to a therapist. So that's why we want to talk to you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can communicate with your therapist via text, chat, phone, and video. Choose from over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states who specialize in areas such as relationships, depression, stress, anxiety, self-esteem, anger, trauma, and many more areas. Anything you share is confidential, and if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. BetterHelp is secure, convenient, and professional. We want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener of ID Podcast, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash I do. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash I do. Today's episode is also brought to you by Manscaped. So I am very excited about this sponsor because it's probably the one that applies most to me. I'm really excited too. <laughs> so far, <laughs> but in case you haven't guessed it, thanks to Manscaped, if you're a guy, now you can trim the hedges below the belt safely and efficiently. And I'm talking about ball trimming here, in case you haven't guessed <laughs> oh it. Straight to the point. <laughs> and I like to try to keep things manageable down there. And I used to always be terrified I was going to cut myself with my old buzzers that had no business being down there. It was terrible. And now thanks to Manscaped, I don't have to worry about sketchy trimming situations. Because of Manscaped's third generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade that reduces manscaping accidents. And I love these guys because they're really the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming. 
and they obsess over the technology that provides the best tools for grooming experience, and they only use the best ingredients in their formulations. And inside their perfect package offer, you'll find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, especially here in Costa Rica, and it's crucial to put this on and help keep things manageable down there. And as a bonus to I Do Podcast listeners, you'll find the Crop Reviver, which will keep your balls. (laughs) (laughs) You're struggling over here. Yeah. The the Crop Reviver will keep you smelling fresh and just like spring flowers. So subscribe to the perfect package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawn mower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. And this is going to make everything easier and you don't have to worry about going to the store to get it. And for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts. That's the Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. And this is the perfect package for your perfect package. Cheesy pun there. And I know a lot of our listeners are women. They're probably cringing at this point. But this is a great present to give to your husband or boyfriend. Sarah says that you don't give this as a Father's Day gift. But I think this would be (laughs) an amazing Father's Day gift is this. doesn't have to be from the kids, but from you. To, to the dad your, in your life, but not to your, your dad. Partner, <laughs> to your partner. Not your yeah. dad. I'll let you, or maybe to your dad if you have that kind of relationship. So <laughs> get 20% off and free shipping with the code I do at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use a promo code I do. Going forward in the sessions, you've laid a great groundwork for getting to that first session. And what are you looking to do as a, as a therapist during that first session or uh, as you go forward? And let's say a couple is going to be seeing you indefinitely every week. Um, what What's the process? What could someone be expecting going into that? Well, that's great. Great question. So let's just say the first thing, the indefinite part, the type of work I do, the goal is that it is short term, right? The goal is that we get you to a place that you no longer need to come see me or someone on my team ever. Now I say ever again, we're a resource for you. We're not going to like lock the doors, close the Zoom account down to <laughs> never reach us again. But 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 basically the goal is to get you to a place that you're not dependent on on us you're actually able to co-regulate each other and you're able to get out of conflict and reconnect with each other over and over again so so look yeah so the the first part in that and this is always the hardest part how do we how do we transition from these two separate narratives my narrative and your narrative about what happens between us when we get stuck and how can we live inside this one shared narrative about what we co-create with each other that causes such pain and suffering how do we recognize it and understand it cognitively but then most importantly how do we drop into it and feel it feel the pain of it in our bodies where it actually brings us to a place where we could have empathy for us, not just me, not just you, but 
us. And that just has to be experienced, right? We can explain it all day long, but it's liter- it is literally a, ah, I get it now. Where we go, the way I like to describe it is, when people are in a fight, they're in two separate suffering bubbles, like little kids, like, you know, you blow little kids bubbles, you know, out of, uh, you know, the little like soap bubbles. And when two bubbles come together, they usually burst. But every now and again, if you ever notice when you blow the little bubbles for kids, two bubbles come together and they don't burst. They actually join together into one larger bubble. That's actually the first thing we're trying to do in couples counseling. And this is so weird and paradoxical for people. I'm not trying to make things better. Actually, what I'm trying to do is take your like partner number, partner one, you're in a suffering bubble. Partner two, you're in a suffering bubble. And the first thing I'm trying to do is take those two separate suffering bubbles and join them together so that both of you are inside of one shared suffering bubble. Because that's where people can connect with each other the deepest. And that's actually the first place and most important place they got to be able to connect with each other in suffering. But people usually don't want to work on connecting with each other in suffering. They're so busy trying to get out of suffering that we miss any the opportunity to connect at the deepest place, right? And so that that's why it's actually kind of important to have a guide. The same for me and my wife. It's like, I'm pretty busy trying to get out of suffering when I'm in suffering. My wife is busy trying to get out of suffering in her way, right? I'm either shutting down or defending myself. She's like pointing out what a crap husband I am explicitly or implicitly, right? And so we're both in our ways trying to get out of suffering when the actual medicine needed is actually, hold on a second, we need to actually get into suffering with each other. And then, you know, little figs that's suffering and little teal, my wife that is suffering, we could be holding each other and singing a song from, um, what was the song I woke up singing this morning? From uh, The Greatest Showman. <laughs> oh. A million, a million dreams. Yeah. A million dreams. <laughs> I literally woke Good up song. singing that song this morning. It's a great song. It's so beautiful, right? But it, and, you know, it was a little kid's voice. We could be like singing that together, you know, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the midst of our suffering. So, so that's the first part, right? We got to have that experience of it's both of us and we're both hurting and we're able to connect with each other in this painful place. Then if we do that well enough, now we can take turns where little fig, just a few minutes ago, right? I was like, you know, the defender of little fig. I was defending myself or shutting down or, you know, heading off out to the pub, which of course. You know, I don't do, but I have to add an Irish cliche in there for, <laughs> for people. You know, I don't want to upset anybody that thinks all Irishmen are fighting and drink, drinking. You're not? No, but anyway, no, I know it's shocking. It's shocking. But but anyway, so, so but look, I was just doing those things I do to protect Little Fig. But now that we're in one shared suffering bubble, now I could actually drop down into being Little Fig. And actually share, like, look, I just got really, like, hurt again, and I didn't know what to do because I felt powerless. It seemed like you were upset with me, and no matter what I did, it was going to make it worse. I'm really sorry I pulled away. Like, I, like, is there any way you could accept me now and see that I'm actually here and I'm trying now, even if I did it wrong back then? And of course, now my wife sees like, oh, you're not just someone that doesn't care and you're just like ignoring me or defending yourself and not hearing me. You're a little thing that's hurting because me being happy with you means so much to you. And she's able to, because she, she actually takes on an Irish accent more than me now. Like she, <laughs> any excuse. So now she's able to look at me and say, 
a mere little thing. And she said, oh, right, but that's only possible because we were able to see we got in a cycle, right? There's both of we got in our shared suffering bubble. And then little, little Teal is able to share with me, you know, how, look, I just got really hurt, right? I just felt like you weren't there again and it wasn't a priority for you. And I got really scared. And that's why I started chasing you to get you to see, look, can't you see why you're the way you're not doing it right right now? And I'm like, oh no, little Teal'sy Wheelsy. And I'm able to, you know, I'm exaggerating with the Teal'sy. If I called her Teal'sy Wheelsy, we would be in another fight. Okay. <laughs> Teal'sy Wheelsy is not acceptable. In fact, what did I called her, what did I call her the other morning? I thought it like I tried a new term of endearment, TT. That did not go down well. <laughs> I thought I'd try it out. I thought it'd be good to come up with a new one, you know, but no. Anyway, but that, but now because we're in a shared suffering bubble where we're no longer a threat to each other, I'm able to see, oh no, you're really hurting inside because being a priority to me means so much to you. And I'm able to have empathy and compassion, right? So now we were able to move through, see it's both of us, it's not a me or you problem. And then because we were able to do that, now we can take turns sharing our own vulnerability because we now have it worked out in our own head. When I'm withdrawing and pulling away, it's not actually because you're terrible at blaming me. It's because I get really hurt inside and these are the things I do. And so now I'm able to share with you in that context. And then, of course, we can actually, then Teal can do the same. It's not actually that you're a crap spouse. It's actually that you're really, that I'm really hurting inside. And I touch that place again where I'm alone and not prioritized. And I can share with you. And then we can catch each other and give those little, that little fig and that little Teal the love that it looked like wasn't available just 30 minutes ago. Now we can actually love them up and care for them. And we can feel connected to each other again. Now, I just said that like, okay, that's so easy. Now, that's a process to help someone be be able to complete that. It's just like learning a dance routine. We try it. We try to go through that entire journey and we get stuck in the first part, right? Like the first steps of the dance is seeing it's a system. And I, let's say in the early stages of counseling, I reflected a couple, look, it's a system, it's both of you. And this is the way it works. One person says to me, Figs, that's really interesting. I think you're right. But let me go back to telling you about how crap my partner is, (laughs) right? And then I listen to them. I go, look, that makes sense. It must really hurt when that's happening. And then I reflect to them again, like, like, actually, I see how this is a system in some other new creative way, right? And then the other partner says, you know, Figs, I think you're spot on. That's exactly what happens between us. But there was this time that my partner was awful, right? Or I was completely innocent. And then we have to do it again. And so we, we get stuck at learning the first step, right? And then we, let's say we get past that part. And then we're going to get stuck at dropping down into our vulnerability. So it's just a, just like any dance routine you're going to learn. It's going to take a little bit of time to get the muscle memory, the feeling memory, um, in order to be able to execute on it over and over again. Well, it feels very inspirational for you to say that you can get to a place with your wife where you're, you know, saying like you did, like, oh, little figs and oh, little teal. And it it's almost like you've learned to 
develop this extra amount of empathy where you can put yourself in your partner's position to kind of understand how they're feeling in that moment and then take those feelings and use them to have your reaction or not reaction, but your, the way you communicate with your partner about that current, you know, situation. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the important part. And I know some, I think it is important to repeat this. The, The reason that is possible, the reason I can have empathy for my wife and she can have empathy for me is we know we're in a system and it's both of us. So here's one of the the trickiest things. People usually work on trying to have empathy. We're supposed to have empathy for the other person. Now, look, when my wife's really disappointed in me and she's looking at me like, you, how did I end up with you, right? It's very hard for me to have empathy for that little girl inside her that's genuinely hurting and feeling alone and not cared for. And when I'm like defending and explaining myself or like, well, you know, if this is the way it's going to be, I'm off to read a book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Very, very hard for my wife. I'm totally not a reasonable expectation that she'd have an awful lot of empathy for the little boy right inside that behavior. Right underneath all that behavior, there's a little boy that's feeling awful about himself and that he's a failure and um, that he's letting down the person that he loves the most in the world. Right. Firstly, it's almost impossible to see him. Right. So it's not realistic to expect your partner or yourself to have empathy for the vulnerable one inside immediately. And that's why we, because we, it's a two, let's say on this part, it's a two step process. The first step towards empathy for each other is empathy for what we're in together. That we can't jump immediately to, oh, I really see how hard this is for you, Figs. I know you're hurting inside as you've left me alone, you know, to go read your book because this is all overwhelming for you. No, like it's just not a real, it's too big a jump for one member of a couple to be expected to make. That's why we have to, the first thing we have to do is make a jump together to actually, you know, what? I think we're both hurting and we're both now in, in reactivity. That's hurting the other person. Both of us are doing that now. So that we have to take that step before we can take the next step of, I actually have empathy from me just to you in both directions. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take work and it's work worth doing. Right. And, and like you said, I mean, that's the value of having a professional therapist, counselor, as a intermediary. And we're not one, by the way. I know you asked that, but we're just we're just <laughs> oh, yeah, a married yeah. couple, not <laughs> not therapists at all. <laughs> uh, well it's great. I look, it's it's brilliant. Right. I, I love that the work you're doing as you know, the you know, I always, you know, have to be wounded healers. And I remember that from our first show. You guys, you're not you share your own vulnerabilities, your own stuff places. I think that's is the best way to help people. Um but by the way, let me, I just want to like, you know, the thing that we never talked about the very, the first thing that I wanted this, you know, when I, when we talked about doing another show, let, let me just share about, here's a very normal setup as well. When people reach out, right? One person is reaching out for couples counseling and often because they don't feel prioritized or cared for or their, their partner's not really fully invested in the relationship. 
uh, and they reach out, right? And the the prevailing wisdom within the couple, within both members of the couple and our society is the person that reached out that's not feeling prioritized or feels like I'm the one that does all the work in the relationship and I'm the one that has access to feelings. Look, tears stream down my face. This is how emotionally accessible I am. It is assumed that that person is going to be the one that's going to just like be the, again, if you're going to dance instructions, they're going to be the one that's going to get the dance routine the quickest. They're the most prepared. They've done other dances, right? They know how to like feel the rhythm, right? It's just, it's assumed by all involved society, the couple themselves, their their mothers and fathers, their grannies. Everyone assumes the person that is the most reluctant to do couples counseling and doesn't actually do a lot of sharing their feelings, that couples counseling is going to be hardest for them. They're not going to like it. And once they get into it, it's going to be like pulling teeth. Well, a lot of the time, that is not the case. In fact, I would say... Most of the time, it's the opposite of that. Cause let me, let me like, let me, let me, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, right? Because think about this, right? Most couples in these scenarios where there's one person that is pursuing for closeness in a relationship and their partner seems like they're pulling away from closeness and all the different variations that happens. The partner that's actually trying to get closer. Right. And working on it, they, they appear to be the good one. They're the good spouse or the good partner and their partner that appears to be pulling away from closeness. They're the bad one. And so the narrative that they're living in, right. And like even just unconsciously, they may never be saying to each other explicitly, right. I am the good spouse or good partner and you are the bad spouse or bad partner, but. You know, nine times out of 10, even if they never are saying it explicitly, that's the message they're delivering over and over again to each other. Now, think about what I I had said earlier. The first part of couples counseling is to help that couple see this is not a me or you issue. This is us and this is what we co-create with each other. The The quote unquote good partner has to actually move from a place of I'm actually the good one and I'm really trying. <laughs> Look how amazingly good I am at loving. And it's my bloody, my, my crap partner that won't come meet me. They're going to have to move from that position and come to a place where, oh, shoot, I have a big role in this too. Right. That is a harder journey. Then someone that is actually, you know, that is already believed inside themselves. Our society has taught them this. Every time they've seen the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine, they saw it confirmed how to get your crap partner to actually stop being crap. You know, <laughs> uh, article number 5052, right? <laughs> this year, right? Like they, they believe it. They, you know, they, they've already been in the, you know, they're all their friends believe it. They, they, they go out for a night out to the pub as we do, right? Us withdrawn partners, joking again, <laughs> right? They, do you get out to the pub and everyone else are crap partners and they say, Oh, who gave you a whole pass? Like everybody's living inside this narrative, right? We're, we're the crap partners. 
So, but think about how much easier a journey it is to go from, I'm already the crap partner. And this couple's counseling is telling me that I'm actually not just crap alone. It's both of us. That's a much easier journey to get on board with. So one of the ways I often describe this, if it's okay, I have this little analogy, is imagine a couple lives in an apartment building and they just own the whole apartment building, right? The the emotional pursuing partner, the partner that actually feels alone and you're never really trying. And I just saw Betsy's partner get her a new Tesla. I got no new Tesla or, you know, whatever, whatever the, the thing is that the way they're not being loved, right? They're sitting up in the penthouse of the apartment building, beautiful views over their entire city or, or you know, jungle in Costa Rica. And, um, but they're all alone. They're sipping their martini or, you know, green drink, green juice. Um, but they're all alone. But, they're, but, they're, but they can Zoom with the other, the other partners in their penthouses that are also living with partners that are no good. Right. Everyone reaffirms how great you are and how terrible it is for you. Right. Their partner is living in the basement, the janitorial quarters of the apartment building. They're crap. They don't ever like share their feelings. They don't they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to prioritize. They forget birthdays and like wedding anniversaries. They have every right to be down in those janitorial quarters in the basement of the apartment building, right? And then I come along and I, I, there's this apartment right in the middle of the building that I have created this beautifully well-appointed apartment that is tailor-made for both of them to live with each other. There is an apartment right in the center of the building where if you would only Please join each other where, look, this is both of you. It's your relationship. You get stuck with each other. It's not that you're terrible and it's, you know, either of you. You could actually live together in this place where our problems are us problems. Think about how easy that, how much easier it is to go from the janitorial suite in the basement up to the middle of the building where maybe this is both of us, than it is to go from the penthouse down to an apartment in the middle of the building. So you might be convinced, right, and then your partner themselves, that that they're not going to like couples counseling. They don't like talking about their feelings. But a lot of the time, it's a dramatic, it's such an easier journey for the supposed emotionally withdrawn one, because we're telling them, hey, you're not all bad. And it's okay that it's hard to feel your feelings. We're going to make a space for you here to explore them, get to know them, and share them in a way that you could finally be truly understood, which is ultimately what the partner in the penthouse actually wants, even if, despite their best, their own intentions and despite their best interests, the way they've been asking for that to date has only been making things worse. We love that picture you just painted. It's a great realization and a great way to wrap up this conversation is finding that apartment in the middle of the building and going to couples counseling is a great way to get there. Sarah and I have enjoyed the benefits of it for ourselves and we highly recommend 
people listening to this to, to try it out. You have nothing to lose. And especially if things are good, you know, be proactive like we've talked about. So Figs, thank you so much for coming back on the show. We always enjoy your perspective and humor and insights. Why don't we wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah. Thank you so much again for having me on the show. Yeah. The easiest way to find me is just go to empathy.com and that's just empathy with an I on the end, not a Y on the end.com. And there, you can take the, the free quiz there or just book a free consult. Wonderful. Yeah. We'll have the links to your quiz and your website uh, on your show notes page at idopodcast.com. And again, thank you so much, Figs. It was a wonderful interview. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. As always, all the links are in the podcast description and on our website. So if you are dying to check out our new podcast series, Love Under Quarantine, you can click those links in the episode description and get access immediately. The podcast series is now available and we hope you guys check it out. And as well, there are always free resources on our website at idpodcast.com, freebies, all different types of topics. So check out our website and we hope you guys enjoyed the show. You were listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.